0: We continue to give you more draft intel as we approach June 22nd. And also, will the second overall pick start for this team? We'll talk about that all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, because we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That does include YouTube. That's Doug Branson. Find him on his sub stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me here locally in Charlotte on WFNZ from 12 to 3 p.m. every single weekday. Are you ready for more draft rumors? You are ready to just do the whole copy paste from whatever draft website we have, put it in the rundown, read it, give our thoughts. Are you ready to do that some more?
1: Uh, Yes. I just want to prepare everyone for what kind of show this is going to be. This is Friday. This is typically when we do a fun Friday show. I think this is going to be a fun Friday show. I want to prepare people by saying this right now in my open tabs, I have a basketball reference page with the roster of the 2015, 2016 Los Angeles Lakers Mm -hmm. and an open tab with that is just a Google search for Orlando magic roster. Okay. So just get prepared for this show. It's going to get a little wacky.
0: Okay. So that's a great segment idea. I love it. What are your tabs <laughs> open right now? Mine is It's a good a, way to preview the show. My, mine is a LaMelo ball, 2020, 2021 game log. Mine is a Milwaukee bucks, Charlotte Hornets box score from 2020. <laughs> It is another one. Um, actually, I have I have another one between the Hornets and the Heat in 2021. And I have Devontae Graham's game log. So that's what I have. Devontae nice. Graham sneaking in. That I love, I love the tab preview. And with that, stay tuned. Devontae Graham. Let's dive right in. Let's actually get to the draft intel first. That's what people are here for, Doug. And let's go to Sean Hyken of Hoops Hype. He reported that it will uh be interesting to see all right here I did that awfully let's just do that again let's go to Sean Hyken of Hoops Hype he said quote I think more draft evaluators that you talk to it's not 100% consensus but the majority of people you talk to like Henderson more than Brandon Miller this is also why Charlotte moving to number two is significant because the rumor at the combine is that they really like Miller and feel like he'll be a better long-term fit with LaMelo Ball. So that's from Sean Hyken of Hoops Hype once again, one of the Hoops uh, sites out there. What would you make of that comment, Doug, where you're talking about like fit, talent, people within the Hornets organization who they think they like? What would you make of that comment?
1: Well, it, it makes me worry that the Hornets are overthinking the second overall pick, and we know how dangerous overthinking the second overall pick can be. We know this because history tells us that it's a very dangerous thing. And so you have Sean Hyken here saying that, and I've heard this from other places too, that like so many of these rival executives when, when they're talking about their big board, have Scoot Henderson at number two. But then all of these guys think that Charlotte's gonna go Brandon Miller because the fit. Now you can think that everybody's taking uh, you know, Mitch Kupchak out of context, that they're really holding on to that quote that he had where he essentially said that. You know, they're, they're, they're talented. The Charlotte Hornets are talented enough for the team to be a little bit more picky about fit. Um, you you can hold on to that. But I have a battle of cynicisms going on right now because I'm cynical about this whole draft rumor process, especially after last year and the Paulo Bencaro surprise. Right. I mean, you had the Anthony Bennett surprise many years ago. Like, I think a lot of this is we don't – everybody's lying. it's a mixture of everybody's lying and nobody really knows what they're going to do until the night of the draft. And so like, and especially for Mitch Kupchak, I really feel like the decision is going to be made on draft night. It's not going to be locked in until then, until like five minutes before the card goes out. So I, so I'm cynical about that, but I'm also cynical about this front office and their ability to stay focused and take the best player available and to not get distracted. And, And the fact that this front office might not even be the front office that that deals with this player moving forward. I'm cynical about the entire process, but I'm having a battle of cynicisms at this point.
0: Well, yeah. And and it's always the rival execs and that's exactly what it was with Sean Hyken. And it's who it was. The, that's the source for Sam Amico, right? We all saw the Sam Amico article drop on Twitter. It wasn't extensive. It wasn't long. And I mean, to be frank, it just wasn't all that detailed with any sources, right? So then he drops that on May 25th about scoot, to the Charlotte Hornets at number two, and then doesn't really give any reason as to why. But then he follows that up with a tweet the next day, and he said he spoke with five rival execs and scouts. Four told me they have Skewed Henderson at number two on their draft board. And that's who they think the Hornets will take Ooh. more at Wire Hoops and HoopsWire.com. He says Who's Wire. I don't think he's a Virginia guy, but it's HoopsWire.com. So it's all about what people have on their draft board and then who they think the Hornets will take. And I don't know where the rumors are coming that the Hornets are coming from or that the Hornets like Brandon Miller, but it's all about the rival execs and what they think about Charlotte, mostly rather than what's actually coming from the Hornets organization.
1: Well, well that might be true. And look, I don't doubt that these rival executives, whatever that means, like whatever position they are, if they're it's only you know, heat hit-
0: executives, yeah. Rival execs, it's only the Miami heat,
1: but like, I, look, these guys go on the road with each other, and they're at the same games. You know, I'm sure a lot of them were at Brandon Miller's game against South Carolina. You know, they they travel. Or they probably all traveled overseas together to get a look at Wemby. So it's not as it's not like it's Im- impossible to imagine an idea where a rival executive would have some inclination, but they probably all lie to each other too. That's the problem, is it, You know, they talk to each other, but how much of them are, are you know how much of hmm. it is them telling the truth to one another? I think that's what you have to question. Now you mentioned Sam Amico. You you talked to him on on your show, right? WFNZ. What w- were you able to glean anymore? Because I laughed. At his particular like rumor article that didn't That's have right. a rumor, it had a rumor in the headline, didn't have a rumor in the body, didn't have any sources, but was just you know putting Scoot Henderson with the Hornets at number two. Did you get any additional information, any additional context uh, from Sam Amico on your radio? It show? was
0: it was just the tweet that I read that was the follow up. <laughs> he just brought that to the radio show. And look, he's
1: perfect. I mean, Never change, Sam. Yeah.
0: Never well, ever change. Well, and it's it's something right. But, and it was something that was not in the initial write-up. That's the thing. Maybe there would be some kind of context where that's why you say scoot Henderson to the Hornets at number two, but you didn't put it in there. And then instead you just had the follow-up tweet because people were asking, why did you put scoot Henderson to the Hornets at number two? So he just echoed that on the radio. That's what he decided to do. So Uh, Jonathan
1: Wasserman also has something from Bleacher Report sources. This was in his uh, video where he where he broke down his, I think his big board. I don't know if it was like mm-hmm. a mock draft or a big board, but he said that uh, his sources are telling him that there are people in the Hornets front office that are fans of Brandon Miller who think that you know he can be that next Jason Tatum, Paul George like super wing that a lot of teams are looking for. To be fair, and you know size. Uh, is something that still wins in this league. Maybe not size down low necessarily. Teams still do go small occasionally in that respect. But size on the wing does matter. And and I think for the the people that are defending Brandon Miller as the pick in the comments, that's the thing Mm -hmm. that they constantly go back to. That, hey, you got to take the guy who's properly sized for his position over the guy that is, despite the wingspan, undersized and scoot at 6'2".
0: Yeah, if you think he can be Jason Tatum and Paul George, then you take him, right? That, I don't think we've disagreed with that because if he can be that, then that is as valuable a type of basketball player that you're going to get. If you don't think he can reach that and instead there's the level below where he'll be a multiple time all-star, but not th- those guys are, you know, in Jason Tatum's case, I do think he's a one on a championship team with help. I do think Paul George has shown the ability to get close to it, but probably not, probably not number one, but whatever, right? Like that conversation gets overplayed. Sometimes you just want to draft the guy. If you think he can be that person, then draft him, draft Brandon Miller. If you don't, and then you think he's more so Chris Middleton and another pacer legend instead, like Danny Granger, then I think scoot has the higher upside in that case. And so I agree
1: with you. Although I will say I would take a multiple time all-star like at this point, if they draft a guy at number two overall, and that guy ends up being a multiple time All Star, you're not going to hear me on this show, yeah. You know, ten years from now, saying that that was even a if terrible Scoot's all thing. NBA,
0: even if Scoot's all NBA.
1: Oh well, yeah. I mean, of course, <laughs> I'm yeah, going to so. <laughs> idea,
0: right. Because we think all NBA potential for Scoot. I think multiple All Star ceiling potential for Brandon, but not. Well, the, the, the
1: story's George. got to write itself, right? I mean, I, I would feel a, a little bit more worried about it. I would be more panicked about the pick, I guess, if they didn't already have LaMelo. I think that does soften the blow a little bit because, oh, yeah. you know, if this were a situation where the Hornets were, had no future prospects, like, oh, man, they've just got nothing they could really hang their hat on, no All-NBA potential on this team, then I would be super, I would be, you know marching down trade street with a sign that says scoot or or we riot but um that's not the case i mean i i think brandon miller can be a very good player and if they pick him i'm you're not i just i mean i i hate to do this because i think it's going to take a little bit of the uh the drama out of the night but like if they take brandon miller i'm not going to like rage i'm not going to throw chairs um you know because i do think brandon miller can be a very good player
0: all right. Yeah. Let's I'll be ahead. upset.
1: Let's... I'll be upset. There's no yeah. doubt about it, but I'm not going to be throwing yeah. chairs.
0: All right. Now's the time we're putting the cushion down from the building. We're going to jump from if they don't, we're putting it down now. Hopefully we can have a soft enough. I mean, landing. if you
1: want to be safe, you should go ahead and make sure that all the chairs are secure. I, you know, th- that's all I'm saying. I probably mm-hmm. won't throw chairs, but you know, you should probably just go ahead and glue them down to the floor just to be safe.
0: All right. Coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't all right, fine. I'll, I'll throw it's it's some chips. All right, sounds good. Sounds good to me. We'll go to the Sitco satchel and ask the question: whether the number two overall pick, Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, will they start immediately? Will they start at all this upcoming season? We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make a fast break to FanDuel right now during the NBA Finals because new customers can get a no sweat first bet. Up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, they have great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it's time to go back to the sicko satchel here, Doug. But I got a different type of question. Go ahead and hit that intro for me, and then I'll give Come
1: it to on, you. Shape, little I Sick, laugh every Daddy. time.
0: Yep. Um, <laughs> threw me for a loop, too. Um, I've got one myself, I entered one in the sicko satchel if you don't mind that's right it's my first time long time listener of the sicko satchel first time contributing really appreciate you guys welcoming me in my question is do you think skewed henderson or brandon miller will start this year and if so (laughs) when will they start is that a sicko question Our bright, shiny new toy. Number two, overall, just sitting the bench all year long. Is there potential? Doug, I ask you take it away. I'll hang up and listen.
1: Well, well, the sickness is in the hope and the hope is that you would draft someone number two overall, that you did plan to start immediately, that you did feel like has the potential to be an immediate star and people are going to be sick. When they realize that that's not going to happen, (laughs) you know, Uh, so and 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 they will be sick about Steve Clifford being the coach because there are all of these things attached to Steve Clifford in terms of him not, you know, this this perception that he doesn't play rookies. And so people are going to rage about that and they're probably they're going to way overreact to it. And it's just I'm I'm really just going to enjoy people vomiting all over themselves (laughs) when that happens. I That's not an people, answer to your question, by the way. No, I mean, <laughs> I can, I can try to answer it. I think, it's you know, okay. scoot, no. let, let me, let me just say real quick that mm. I just quick prediction. I don't think on night one, either scoot or Brandon starts. What do you think about that?
0: Um, no, I agree. I don't think they start Doug. I I, just, I liked your answer better anyway. I just want that to be clear. I liked your answer better of people vomiting over themselves at this entire experience, but I don't think he does. And we can go to a couple of other second overall picks, but like even I just want to go here locally and I want to go to LaMelo. LaMelo was the third, okay, one pick later, not number two, but close enough. And yes, it was a different coaching regime, but just because you're this high of a draft pick, even in these situations, it does not necessarily mean that you are going to step in right away and start. LaMelo did not start until February. So he was, I mean, it probably took a little too long for LaMelo. I didn't hate it because the idea is not to put so much pressure on LaMelo at the very beginning and you let him ease his way into the NBA. I thought it was fine. I thought we had gotten past a point to the point. All right, maybe January, maybe like a little bit earlier. He should have started, but I didn't have a huge problem with the way that James Brago decided to roll him out there and February 1st, that's his first start in the NBA. And then he started every game he played after that. Devonte Graham, Terry Rogier, they got injured and so there was never an excuse to bring LaMelo back to the bench. And so it was a Terry Rogier injury, I believe, that allowed LaMelo to start and he never left. But I think it would probably be something like that if Scoot was to start this year. Doug, can I venture to say that if they don't trade Terry Rogier, maybe Scoot doesn't start at all and I Brandon Miller's the interesting one because there's a good idea to bring Gordon Hayward off of the bench. Miles Bridges isn't going to play the next 10 games if you bring Miles back. P.J. Washington is someone Steve Clifford clearly values. So if you have P.J. at the four, maybe Brandon Miller has the better shot of starting right away at that three spot because of the suspension to Miles and because Gordon Hayward trying to limit his minutes because he's old and injury ridden. Brandon is the likelier case, in my opinion, to start right away. What do you think?
1: That's interesting. I, I think that miles you bringing up the miles suspension that does make it a little bit more interesting. Let's let's b- before I tackle that though, I, I want to break mm-hmm. down why I believe they won't start because the Hornets are not the Rockets. They're not the Detroit Pistons. Right. They do have veteran talent on this team, and they have a coach in Steve Clifford that I think we we uh, overinflate the idea that he doesn't play rookies. But at the same time, he is on record as being a guy that believes that you must earn the minutes, that you are not given the minutes, that just because you are selected second overall or even first overall or whatever, that does not mean you automatically get the minutes. So then it comes down to which player do you believe in Scoot Henderson or, or Brandon Miller or, will more quickly demand those minutes by playing the right way or by even earning those minutes in summer league, preseason, training camp the lead up. I think, personally, that Scoot Henderson has the ability to prove that preseason uh, has a better chance of it, although I think both guys have a low chance. But I think that Scoot has the better chance because he already has the NBA body, whereas Brandon Miller doesn't and, and is going to have to get stronger. And I don't think that's going to happen between now and now and the start of the season strong enough to say oh well he's he's you know that that's a better body than miles bridges that's a better body than pj washington or gordon hayward i still think that even if Myle, you know you go through the mile suspension if they bring pj washington back then i think it's still some combo of gordon hayward and pj washington but I a did, lot of yeah. this comes down to health a lot of this comes down to trades you know that's the whole thing we're we're having this conversation as if everybody's coming back but, but I think people should be very prepared for an idea that the Hornets are suddenly a team where you don't have a Terry Rozier or you don't have a Gordon Hayward. Th- those are mm-hmm. all possibilities at this point.
0: Yeah, I think there's a real possibility and that, Doug, might I even say that that's what I would predict. If, if you don't have any trades outside of injury, maybe Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller wouldn't start at all this year. I, I think there's a possibility of that. The, the, the way that they would start is because of an injury. The way that they would start is because of a trade. Maybe if you get to the deadline and Scoot is just balling, Brandon's balling too. But but if Scoot's balling very well, and then you talk about Terry Rogier going to the bench, the problem is we know that's that Steve values defense so much. Is Scoot going to come in and provide an answer on that end right away? The other thing is like, Terry's not the guy that is so defensive intensified that you're going to say, okay, yeah, Scoot, you, there's no way that you can be better defensively than than Terry. Like there's a path there. So that's another option.
1: Yeah. Clifford loves Terry Rozier. Let's just kind of get that yeah. out there. Like Clifford uh, spoke a lot during the season and after the season in those uh, interviews that he did, you know, exit interviews, uh, really praising all of the things that they put on Terry's shoulders and how he, how he handled that and the attitude that he came in with uh, each and every night that he stepped on the floor. So, like, th- there's that that Scoot will have to overcome. But I think it's possible because of what you just said there, the defensive end of the floor. Now, when you look at Scoot's tape, there are obviously questions on on that end of the floor for him. Height, you know, you're going to be able to shoot over him but you know you hope that his wingspan will will help him to get into passing lanes, generate more steals, more transition <clears> opportunities, but it's the focus level on the defensive end of the floor like in the pick and roll situations where where he's letting guys get a step on him and then all of a sudden they're at the rim and he's recovering and fouling. You know, that's what you worry about. But I think he has he's an he's an he's a blank slate. Like Terry Rozier has come in multiple seasons now, saying he wants to focus on the defensive end of the floor and not done anything about it. So right. we, I just think we that's baked in. We know what Terry Rozier is on the defensive end of the floor. We don't know exactly what Scoot's going to provide on that end. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an entry point for sure. Uh, you know, as you if this Hornets team suddenly is contending for a playoff spot, you're going to want to lean on the guys that can start. Uh, you start you off on the right foot on the defensive end of the floor. And I think Scoot has the opportunity there.
0: Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see how all that unfolds and how fans digest that, whatever decision is made. If Brandon and Scoot don't come in and start right away, are they going to well, do, do the lot? People will be upset. I mean, there's just yeah. no doubt about
1: yeah. that because again, we love, we love the the new car that hasn't been driven off the lot yet. We love that smell. Uh, we love, uh, you know, the, the shine of a player that has no history that we mm-hmm. that we can't we can't say well look at that game or look at that series or look at that season you know and, and make judgments about them all we have are i mean th- these guys are you know he's playing under different rules i mean different the, the lines are different the rules are different the free throw rules are different for scoot the lines different for brandon miller like all these things where everybody can rationalize if you're a brandon miller fan you can rationalize away his faults and and make him the pick and same with scoot so we love that and the moment that Scoot steps on the floor and has 30 games and does something great or does something poor, you know that's when we can start to really make those judgments. But until then, everybody's going to believe that the moment that Scoot gets out there, everything changes, or the moment that Brandon Miller gets out there, yeah. that everything for the Charlotte Hornets suddenly will change. And that's just that's just how it is. All right,
0: one more segment to go. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. It's
0: the sickness, baby. It is. And speaking of it, I got one other sicko satchel question I wanted to get to. No, it's not mine. We will bring one from a listener. And also, we can finally get to a list that we've been wanting to get to for so long. And I don't even know if we're going to get to it because we got the number two overall pick, a place where this particular NBA draft prospect is not going to go. But we will give you the most famous blanks in NBA history. you need indeed is locked on hornets mitch kupchak will he do the thing that he has not done in season
1: this anything the thing that he has not done it always comes back to do something just do do one thing you need to
0: get a stick from outside and become the meme in person because (laughs) that it always comes back to do something do something (laughs) it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast All right. Last sicko set uh, satchel question real quickly, Doug, before we get to your famous list. Um, this one comes in from Ted's Worth. He said, what blockbuster trade do you think the Hornets could make that would eventually catapult them into deep playoff contention? Ted's Worth says they don't think a trade for a leap where from where we are to a first round exit is worth it at the moment. Who are some guys that make the most sense for you as to playoff contention, like actually winning a playoff series? What could you do right now? Is there any name that comes to mind?
1: This is a sicko question because this idea that this is how much pain we've endured, that there's really no trade that anyone could imagine that doesn't result in the Hornets losing in the first round. right? Like We can't even, because we've been losing so long, we cannot get our imagination around a scenario in which the hornets win a first round series hasn't happened in uh two uh, more than two decades in, 21 in this years. iterations
0: history in this iterations history yeah.
1: in this iterations history and going all the way back to 2002 I mean it is it is insane and so that's the thing there, there there's nothing the hornets can do there, there is no block that could be busted that mm-hmm. would allow a hornets fan to believe until it actually happens. Um, that's why when it does happen, it's going to be incredible. And, you know, I know that Miami fans are going nuts about their eight seed, getting into the finals, but it's going to be nothing compared to when the Hornets win a first round series. These fans are going to go nuts and I can't wait. Oh, uh, okay. The, the question uh, trades, you know, uh, Minnesota, I think after the way they left these playoffs and uh, it seems to be like the whole cat, uh experiment with rudy gobert is um not working you know could that be a possibility is that is that uh enough of a block busted if if the hornets could acquire carl anthony towns who like if you look at this obviously he missed a ton of games last year the Mm -hmm. stats have been slowly you know the rebounds have slowly been going away the points have been dropping but this that would be the perfect scenario for the Hornets to make a trade. You get a guy who's on a little bit of a slide, but does does have All NBA written all over him. I mean, he could be a twenty five and ten or twenty five and twelve guy again. There's no there's no reason why he couldn't become that player. So I, I mean, you know, I, and I think Minnesota would be desperate enough. They've got because they've got Anthony Edwards. They've got some pieces here, but the pieces don't quite fit. So that that's the kind of team that would seem to want to shake it up. What do you think about that?
0: Um, yeah, cat. Well, this is kind of like yeah. how you feel about some of these guys, right? Like if cat is a two-time all in the, who's going to be 28 years th- this year. And if it allows me to not hear that all the time, then maybe I wouldn't trade for him. But yeah. if, <laughs> if you're talking about him or a Jalen Brown, which has been floated out there
1: oh, now, please
0: no. You know, you bring up some of the bulls trade scenarios, but real quickly, you know, something we haven't talked about today that actually needs to lead us on Monday. Have you seen some of these ideas about trading LaMelo? Have you seen some like to actually picking up traction? Like, well, we can get to that on Monday and then we can share. from who thoughts.
1: Because, look, I mean, I, I, do you think kidding. that's going to shock me? You think I look, I, I read the comments. <laughs> it's part of my job to go into YouTube and read yeah. some of these comments so that we can bring that's in right. sicko satchel stuff so it can generate content. So we know where the pulse mm-hmm. of our fan base is. Okay, you don't think I understand that there is a a large group of people that would love nothing more than for the Charlotte Hornets to trade Lamelo Ball. Uh, I don't know to L A. Yeah, like that's not going right. to shock me at all.
0: Yeah, well, well, Boston is is one, and maybe you just go a Lamelo for Jalen Brown, whatever filler you have in there. Uh, that was reported, I believe, not reported, but that was a, an idea floated out there by KOC Kevin O'Connor. So you know, Celtics well, Bill, fans, Bill,
1: Bill Simmons, you know, yep. I mean, he's got what? that connection. Bill Simmons is desperate. Yep. He's just going around telling That's people, correct. all right, look, all the Boston Celtics trades, get them just on pay the attention
0: air to my trade machine. Yeah. Pay attention to my trade machine. Let's figure out how we can get Jalen to Charlotte. And if the Hornets draft scoot, they can <laughs> draft, uh, they can trade Lamello and trade just- Jalen.
1: Just like I don't love the idea of of the Charlotte Hornets taking the falling star in the draft, I've talked a lot about that. If a guy's falling to them, mm-hmm. and I talked a lot about it because the Hornets drafted at 11 or 12 where you do catch falling stars so often. Yeah. And so I don't love that idea. I also don't love trading for the guy that everyone, after a team loses a series in which he turns it over eight times and can't dribble... And everyone says, "Hey, maybe we maybe they should trade this guy." I don't love the idea of trading for that guy.
0: (laughs) It it seems like Cat would fit this bill for you, though, Doug. Like he fits the Devin Booker. I mean, he hasn't accomplished anything close to what Jalen or Devin Booker even has. Like so, or even, I mean, hell, even a DeRozan or Zach Levine for that that matter. Like Cat, Cat can't be a type of guy that you want to trade for, given your history.
1: Well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be ecstatic about it, but you do have (laughs) to understand. And I do understand this, that the Hornets need these kinds of opportunities to open themselves up, right? I mean, Toronto needed things to sour between Kauai and San Antonio and uncles and, you know, family members to get involved. Like, they needed all of that to weirdly fall apart to open up that opportunity for Toronto. So you know, the Hornets aren't going to be able to trade for stars. I don't Well, I, mean, I don't know any team. It's really difficult to make trades for guys that are stars on the rise uh, without mm-hmm. giving up an, an amazing ton of assets, uh, similar to what Minnesota did for Rudy Gobert. Like, you don't really want to be in that scenario. You'd rather be a team that finds, you know, a little loophole in the system, uh, you know, a, a glitch in the system, which is what Cat's going through right now in Minnesota, and and find that opportunity to make that trade. Look, I mean, if you told me that they they trade for Cat and he comes here and and is able to score twenty five and twelve and finally open up some opportunities for this team to go five out offensively, which is what Steve Clifford has has been desperately begging for the entire his entire coaching career. You know, like I love Mark Williams, but. Not that I much. mean, def-
0: de- defensively, it would be a, a huge step back, which I think Steve would have a real problem with. Well, you but, can't you know, fix it. Here's the thing. Points is great. No, yeah, you're right.
1: But tell say you this. What it
0: would be right. It would be a huge step back defensively. I just gave you that info. That's that, all
1: okay, that's fine. You know, here's the thing. You cannot fix every single problem in one off season. You know, at some point it has to be about acquiring enough talent to get on the dance floor and once you get on the dance floor if you miss a couple of steps then you can take all that back to the laboratory and then make some adjustments around okay. the the amazing talent that you have and then get that's how this process works you get to the playoffs that's step 1 you have enough talent to get to the playoffs. That's step one. Then you win a playoff series. That's step two. And then you worry about competing for a finals. All these people, again, they're asking the Charlotte Hornets to play 4D roster chess when they can't win a game of tic-tac-toe. They can't win a game of shoots and ladders. This team can't win a game of hide-and-seek. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so trade for him unless it's Jalen Brown. Then, then don't do that.
1: No, nah, don't do it for Jalen. Yeah, yeah, right. no, That's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Okay. Let's go to your famous list here, Doug. So maybe you don't want to trade for one of these stars. Maybe you do, but is there a trade package that you could create to where you're exchanging draft picks? What about Orlando yeah, yeah, yeah. or Dallas has number 10, right? So what, 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 what's the draft order here? What are the draft picks you're looking to trade for here, Doug?
1: Well, Dallas has number ten. That that could be interesting. Dallas, a team, uh, may, you know, maybe they they uh, sign Kyrie Irving and they try to go after this thing. And they're not necessarily interested in a tenth overall pick. Maybe they're interested in some some of the middling talent that the Hornets have. So that could be interesting, but also what about a trade for more assets? Not necessarily a player, but maybe you do focus mm. a little bit more on the future and you go after, say, an Orlando that has some young talent that you could add. A bull bull, perhaps, <laughs> you know, somebody that can change <laughs> up the game a little bit. You can go five yeah. out with bull bull. He's he's shown the ability to hit the three pretty consistently. Um, So uh, And the Magic own two lottery picks. Now, two lottery picks is not necessarily better than one when that one is the second overall pick. I understand that. But if those two picks come back with a piece of young talent, maybe a future first-round pick for the number two overall pick, if Orlando is super interesting in pairing a Brandon Miller or a Scoot Henderson next to Paolo Bancaro, then I think you have to take that call. You have to entertain it. You have to think about it. It also opens up the possibility – and I'll say this too – the Charlotte Hornets have been mentioned as teams that have participated in workouts or or are going to host workouts for Asur Thompson. And for Anthony Black. I've seen the Hornets listed with both of those players. Those are both guys that are going in the five to ten range. They're not guys that are being entertained for the number two overall pick. So I think the Hornets are obviously covering their bases in case some kind of trade back scenario happens. They want to see what guys could be interesting ads in that position. But another name that I haven't mentioned, uh, haven't seen mentioned with the Hornets at that position is this guy out of Kansas, really interesting. Grady dick okay Mm, mm, which mm -hmm. then brings me back to a list that i've uh had for a long time we've gotten through six of these names the most famous dicks in basketball history could grady dick how easy the question is how easy would it be for grady dick to come in become a charlotte hornet and become the most famous dick in basketball history are you ready for the remainder of this list
0: the grade a dicks if you will right that's what you're telling me here
1: Totally. Grade A, okay. 100%. These are, these are the most famous dicks in basketball history. And gotcha. I want to just make sure that I have my fanfare ready. Okay, great. That's worth A little tech check in the ready middle of the show. No problem. Here we go. So a little list review. The most famous dicks in basketball history. Here we go. Number 10, Dick Garrett. Great A. Number 9, Dick Barnett. Number 8, Dick Van Arsdale. Yeah. Famous uh number seven dick mcguire uh, a lot of a lot of hoop heads not a lot Big time. A, a lot a lot but a few hoop heads will know dick mcguire uh number six the first charlotte hornet on this list the first head coach in charlotte hornet history of course i'm talking about dick harder
0: yeah great one great dick all
1: right here we go that nobody's heard the remainder of this list are you ready
0: I'm so ready. Yeah, top five dicks in NBA history. Let's do it. Basketball Most history. Most famous dicks Sorry, in basketball
1: history. history. Come on. Yep. Number five, J.J. Reddick. Three-point shooting. Getting a What's lot that? more
0: famous. Yeah, 100%. Could be
1: coach. Could be a coach. Could be a coach of Charlotte Hornets someday. They're going to be looking coach for a Red coach Dick. at some point. Could be. All right, number four, Dick Bavetta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The classic race
0: between him and Charles Barkley, the old official, Dick Bavetta, fantastic stuff.
1: All right, here we go. The most famous dicks in basketball history. Number three, Grayson Allen.
0: Oh, now we're doing biggest dicks in basketball history. Just the biggest, yes. No doubt, Grayson Allen, great one. Top three for sure.
1: How about number two? This is why it's basketball history, not NBA history. Dickie V. Oh, that's
0: not number one,
1: Wow. You were thinking thinking Dick Vitale, number one.
0: I thought it was just all formality. I thought we'd roll through the list, and then I was just waiting. Oh, wow, Dick Vitale, number one. Okay, all right, gotcha. Who's number one, Doug? I'm surprised.
1: The number one most famous dick in basketball history, according to the Locked On Hornets podcast, for those who would like to aggregate it, is (laughs) Wilt Chamberlain. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There's the list.
0: All right, Wilt Chamberlain. Your most famous dick in basketball history. We appreciate you. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen, game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. You can follow game to game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday.